0: Welcome to the You and Me podcast, the show where we dive deep into the beautiful world of weddings. I'm Laura, the founder of Wonderlust Creative, an international wedding planning and styling company servicing a global collective of loved-up couples. And I'm Andy, the founder of The Bridal Journey, a source of inspiration for brides and revealed a wedding marketplace where brides can buy and sell free loved wedding items. In each episode of the You and Me podcast, we sit down with a real bride who openly shares their unique wedding planning journey. From the excitement of the proposal to the magical moments of her wedding day, we delve deep into the emotions, the challenges and the triumphs of planning a wedding. Join us as we celebrate love, offer practical advice and share the experiences of brides just like you. Prepare for heartfelt conversations and inspiring stories on the You and Me podcast. Well, Hannah, welcome to the You and Me podcast. Thank you so much for chatting to us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Now, for those um, who obviously are super excited to hear about your wedding, but first off, we always ask our guests... Tell us a little bit about who you are, um, where you've been and what you do.
1: Absolutely. So my name is Hannah Chody. I live in New York City. And as far as work goes, I am a vice president working in strategy at Garrett Brands, which is the parent company for a couple of snack and confectionery businesses. And it's actually um, my family business. And I work in strategic direction and new ventures there. I actually joined um, about six months ago. And before that, I worked in finance at Goldman Sachs for seven years. So I'm very corporate in terms of my nine to five, but I am absolutely obsessed with Fashion and style. And so lately, my creative outlet has been TikTok posting, you know, (laughs) my daily outfits and fashion and style musings there and also sharing some wedding content. So that's a big hobby of mine these days. I've been loving it
0: we've just seen all yeah we've just been delving deep into the tiktok side of your life so it's so good to see we'll put all the links to your tiktok and your insta in our show notes but um yeah it's fun and i I don't know it's interactive and it makes you feel as if you're there and it gives you something to you know interactive to look at i love it i'm not gonna say i do them but i love to watch them
1: You know, I was not a TikTok believer for so long, but I find that it's a very authentic form of content. And, you know, one day I randomly was like, I'm gonna post this outfit. And, you know, a few months later, here we are. I try to do it most days. I've been slacking a little since the wedding, to be honest. But um, apart from that, I obviously live with my husband, Chad. Um, We have a bulldog together named Dante. He's an English bulldog. Dante. A year and a half, he's hilarious.
0: Oh my gosh. And yeah, that's about it. That's uh oh, it's amazing. Yeah, TikTok's definitely, I think, the way forward for a lot of brands. Here in Australia, though, there's it's just a little bit behind America. Like same with podcasting. Podcasting's huge over where you are, but Australia's just slowly kind of creeping up. So in a few years we'll be, we'll be up there and cool enough. <laughs> so okay. So, we're leading the pack. Um, Okay, so Chad, you're now husband, which is super exciting to say, because we were just chatting offline, and it's only really fresh that you get to say that. I know, I feel crazy saying it, but it's really fun, though. It's so fun. How how did you guys meet?
1: So we actually could be ill-advised, but we did meet at work. Um, He actually introduced himself to me My first week um, working at Goldman Sachs and I barely remember the interaction because I was new. I was like a deer in headlights and he came up introduced himself to me. We joke that I didn't know until a few months later who it was who introduced (laughs) himself to that day. Um, And then a few months later, you know, we had hung out a couple of times with colleagues and then he asked me out uh, to sushi and, you know, we've been
0: together ever since. And how long ago is that?
1: That was about six and a half, almost seven years ago.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. So a decent amount. Yeah. Decent amount of time post office romance. You don't necessarily hear of those office flings lasting the test of time.
1: Absolutely not. You know, people say it's either forever or it's gonna go really poorly. But um, it's gonna blow up a new job unrelated to us being together a few months later. So, you know, it was okay after that. It worked
0: out. It worked (laughs) out. And so you've been together for quite a while. And I, you know, you always get to this stage where you can pick your partner's little idiosyncrasies and nuances, and you kind of know if they're like being a bit sus or they're lying or they're trying to do something that you're not fully like oh that's not really us or you tell me how did how did Chad propose how did it all go down
1: so um he knew I was getting a little antsy we had been together (laughs) you know about I think it was five years at the time he proposed which was in November 2020 and we um my family goes to Mexico um every year in November for Thanksgiving and I was kind of thinking maybe he was going to propose there and he looked me in the eye before he went and he was like I don't want you mad at me on the plane ride home I'm not proposing in Mexico on your family's vacation like I just need you to know that yeah okay and I was like okay you know what like maybe he isn't because mm-hmm. like he had this stern conversation with me um, which was <laughs> unlike him but I was also like he probably just didn't want to deal with me being moody yeah and we always take our family's like holiday Christmas card on that trip every year. So I thought we were doing Christmas card pictures. So I got ready. You know, it was like a little lie that my family told me and made sure I, they were making sure I looked cute. And then so they um, knew they knew. Yeah, so the in
0: on it. Oh.
1: And um we go to the same resort every year in one of our um favorite waiters at the resort dropped a note off at our room. And my mom was like, Hannah, can you grab the door? I opened the door and it's a note for me. And then the second I saw that, I knew um, that he was about to propose because he had told me he was just going to go like grab a drink or something. And um, he, they have this beautiful cliffside restaurant and he was there. There were photographers, you know, the whole nine yards and he proposed to me there and then my family joined us, and we had like a lovely lunch with champagne and we just enjoyed the day. It was honestly, it was such a surprise until I got the note and I was like, no, he didn't. And I I walked over there and I like gave him a look, like, you liar. But um, <laughs> it was really special and so fun because it's a tradition to go there. And so, you know, it's somewhere yeah. we'll continue to go back, and that makes it really special too.
0: And you know what? Kudos to him for trying to throw you off the scent because he know obviously knows you so well. He probably knows what any female at six years together on a holiday waiting for the proposal would have acted like. And it's like, well, I'm glad that you pre-warned me because 100% I would have been moody and 100% I would have been looking for every little sign every time we went out for breakfast or if you were like let's go for a walk I'd be like let me just quickly do my hair (laughs) yes
1: and he did it the first day so it was you know he was really smart about it Um, yeah and his original plan had actually gotten thrown off because of COVID like we were going to do something he was going to do something else and so he had to pivot but he did a really good job
0: my god good work chat I love it he nailed it um okay so you are living in New York you are holidaying in Mexico you get engaged down there yet you get married in Lake Como tell us about how your destination and your wedding came about so
1: I really wanted a big like wedding weekend I didn't Mm -hmm. want it to just be one day and so I'm originally from Chicago and Chad Mm -hmm. is from Texas and we have friends we've kind of lived all over the place and so We were like, okay, people are going to be flying regardless. Like, let's just go for it. And it might be small, but, you know, we love Lake Como. It's one of our favorite places to visit. We go to Italy, you know, at least once a year, every year and fell in love with Lake Como the first time we ever went. And so we were just researching places and it kind of seemed like, okay, we love it here. We know we won't regret doing it, even if it's a small wedding. And so we decided to pull the trigger and go with it and it ended up being almost 190 people so it was no whatsoever no one said no which was so fun it ended up being like the biggest blowout party and so um I'm so happy that we decided to go with the destination wedding because we still got such a great turnout
0: oh my god 190 people
1: I love
0: yeah. that. Do you know what? After I can't the last, it. after it must the last have been couple, COVID. yeah, everyone's like, we are going <laughs> regardless, 100%. You can't say no. People Fine wanted to get out of here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Lake Como sounds pretty enticing, I must say. Yeah. I would not be <laughs> saying no if my friends said, oh, this is where we're going to do it. I'm like, I've already booked my tickets and packed my bag. <laughs> Fabulous. Absolutely. Okay. So, so you mentioned that you'd been there, like, you've been there previously did you know from already being there where you were going to look first off for your venue or did you go and enlist the help of a planner over there to be able to do all that for you?
1: So we actually, um, our first time in Lake Como, we did, you know, the whole boat ride around the lake and saw our venue Villa Balbiano from the lake. And I thought it was just the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. It's there's cypress trees. It's this perfectly symmetrical villa with yeah, this
0: insane.
1: insane garden. And I just always remembered it. It was just mm-hmm. always in the back of my mind. And then, so I knew that that's where I wanted the wedding to be. We were also considering another villa, but like Villa Balbiano was number one. And when they had a date that worked, we went with it. Mm-hmm. And as far as the rehearsal dinner went, we have a fa- like a f- very favorite family-owned restaurant in Lake Como um, that's, you know, up the hill kind of overlooking the lake, and w- um, my family has become close with the owners there over the years, um, and so we wanted to do something very intimate there for the rehearsal, and so we chose that, and then the welcome party was at our favorite hotel on the lake, which is Grand Hotel Tremezzo, which is just unbelievable as well. Ridiculous, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Our planner did help us choose the final venue for our recovery lunch, like I said I really wanted it to be a full immersive wedding weekend, and um, so they were a lot of help with that one but um, overall we, because we were familiar with the area, we had some favorite places that we really wanted to incorporate.
0: Amazing. And look, being a destination, you do want to spend as much time as you can with guests. I think people are doing that even, you know, a staycation wedding if they're getting married in the same town, but just a, a couple of hours out. You want to experience, right? You want to throw your guests a party. You want to throw yourselves a party. And especially over the last two years, it's so important to you know, not I don't think scrimp on what you want. If you want something, I think it's so important to just make it happen right now. Definitely. Yeah.
1: And after so long of being at home, we we're like, let's just go for it. Oh and then whatever happens, happens.
0: So because of when you got engaged, did you consider a wedding in the States or was it always going to be Lake Homo? So we
1: were thinking about a couple places in the States, but nothing yeah. really resonated with us. Yeah. Um and so we were like, let's go for it. If yeah. something happens, you know, we booked it about a year and a half after we got engaged. We were like, first of all, there's no way that we're still going to stuck at home. But I guess yeah. some people still are, you know, I mean, it's still an issue, but we were like, let's go for it and we'll figure it out later if something yeah. goes wrong. We just really wanted to plan the wedding of our dreams.
0: Okay. And and you, you had the prior knowledge of like Como and Italy did you find booking your suppliers, so say photography, uh, floristry, caterings, obviously so important over there, but you've got 576 million options to choose from. There are so many people that cater um, in and around Lake Como. Did you find selecting those types of vendors difficult at all? So our wedding planner,
1: Rachel while she's Lake Como Weddings on Instagram. She was really helpful with a lot of like the nitty gritty of planners. Um, yeah. our photographer was Sarah Falugo and I okay. used to be an avid reader of Vogue Weddings and yeah. I saw, you know, like five years ago, a wedding that she shot and I was obsessed with her style. And mm-hmm. so she was available and it, that was a no brainer for me when I found out that she was available to shoot our wedding. Um, yeah. I love that it. it's a bit unconventional and it's not so wedding. It's a little bit moody and that's mm-hmm. definitely my vibe. Mm-hmm. And I also found our stationer stateside, um, on Pinterest randomly, ah. I I a custom wedding crest. And so I was just, you know, looking at Pinterest and she came up and she ended up being so helpful because she had all this knowledge of weddings that I didn't even have. And so it was really great. But as for the rest of our vendors, um, Rachel, our planner, recommended them and they all turned out amazing. Our caterer was based in Milan and yeah. incredible. Like the food was incredible. I mean, you're in Italy, so it's probably gonna be great regardless. We were definitely yeah. lucky with that. And I loved our videographer, and she also recommended I get a stylist for the wedding because I was having a hard time. I love fashion, but I'm very indecisive about some things. And so okay, she's sure. like, This woman, Carrie Goldberg, she's amazing. And I worked with Carrie and she was like my fairy godmother. She helped okay. me so much with the entire process.
0: What's What's her name? Harry
1: Goldberg. Um, okay. She used to run weddings and travel at Harper's Bazaar. Yeah. She was a uh, styles on site, and now she's styling full-time. And, you know, she really helped with choosing items that I might not have seen had I been yeah. shopping on my own, making connections, and, yeah. you know, getting me appointments at places that... With 2022 being so crazy, I might have had to wait a long time to get into.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so settle what probably a lot of people may be thinking as well. Kourtney Kardashian's pasta issue. Oh my God, I was going to ask about this. This is the first thing I thought Now, about. are we talking every time, every Small single... Small pasta entree explained to <laughs> right? us Right? You have multiple that went viral. dishes, right? That pasta went viral. It, it did. And yeah. people were having this... And then oh, I I put it up on the bridal journey. Oh, I put it up on the bridal journey as a funny meme and I h- had probably like 500 comments. This is how it's meant to be delivered in <laughs> Italy. This is just an entree and oh, it was just and then people were fighting about it and <laughs> it just ended up being like this blowout like it was just meant to be a little funny meme like so just a joke is it, it do you get delivered three four five courses all little bits of taste is it like a tasting smorgasbord as opposed to what maybe Australian or even American culture has like one big solid meal do they do five little meals is that why everyone's having a fit because it was actually an <laughs> an entree or a, or a canapé rather than their main meal Well, our caterer did
1: want to do more of a tasting, yeah. but I really wanted the wedding to be a party. And so I didn't want dinner to last too long. Um, We ended up doing a risotto course because we were in Northern Italy and risotto is such a staple there. And then we did truffle pasta and then we did an entree or a main course, um, which was either fish or a steak. And so our pasta, I don't know if it was Courtney Kourtney Kardashian small, but it wasn't a ton, but we didn't have any complaints luckily, but they did want to do, you know, more of like a five, six course meal. And I was like, yeah. no, I need people up and partying.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's what, that was one of, when I saw where you got married, I'm like. I need the lowdown on this food situation here because I did not understand. Okay, good. Good to know though that you have the option and the choice to not just have the teeniest, tiniest little taste. It pasta wasn't it the tiny taste. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so you obviously, you know, you've got some pretty incredible suppliers. Having your wedding planner there to be able to navigate the coordination is obviously super important, but your interests outside of, you know, your day job is quite creative and quite fashionable. Your aesthetic for your venue is out of this world. How did you design your wedding day without over-investing in areas that would take away from the space you were in? That was a long-winded question. So I
1: really wanted the space to feel like a really cool, vibey restaurant almost. That's how I wanted the reception space to feel. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm not super girly. And so I didn't want it to feel, you know, like traditional bridal with a lot of feminine florals and things like that. And so starting with the ceremony, I really wanted a ton of greenery that, and there are all these cypress trees in Lake Como. And I, you know, had this vision of a Cypress arch. And so yeah. um, yeah. what our florist, the planner, and I kind of designed together, they brought they brought together this idea of five architectural arches against the lake. I really wanted yeah. this beautiful, um, atypical backdrop at my ceremony. Um, and I told them I want it green like tight greenery and yeah so then they came up with this architectural design and so it worked perfectly because you could still enjoy the beauty of the lake but it was something different than your traditional big floral arch yeah yeah and we did this like ombre design down the aisle from like white to green because I really wanted it to be a focus on like these darker green colors and so for the ceremony like we Chad and I like we really popped against it and so that was really important to me. And then as far as the reception goes, it was in a marquee. And that was also very like vibey. We did Mm. this printed floor that was like a dark green and white marble pattern. And we had black lacquer tables, no tablecloths, a mix of black and green velvet chairs. And then I had these snake plates that are from this designer in Milan.
0: That's which I'm obsessed with. (laughs) Like I'm obsessed with. I and have
1: this weird thing. I love a snake motif. I don't want to yes. see a snake in person, but I think <laughs> that's so cool. I do. So, so starting with our save the dates to our wedding invitation, like all the way through, we have these snake motifs incorporated. So then it kind of Amazing. came full circle at yeah. the wedding reception with these plates that were hand painted and they, um, do rentals. Thank God. And, um, so we did the snake plates and we ended up, um, my parents ended up gifting us because I knew how much I loved them some snake plates for us to take home with us. Uh. And so on those, they painted our initials on them too, which was so cool. And so those were at the head table Then we had snake plates throughout and we had, um, about 50 guests got their Zodiac sign because this company that paints these plates, they also do hand painted Zodiac plates. And so I am like such a detail person. And so the people that I knew would appreciate it, um, And, you know, it was fun because people felt very special. They had their own zodiac sign in front of them, which was really fun.
0: That is, yeah, that is really cool. And I think for weddings, I mean, maybe definitely for some people in the past, but more so now for the majority, making sure that the guests feel like it's a personalized celebration is at the forefront of so many people's wedding planning, you know, and all their styling details definitely I I really wanted it
1: to feel like a party where our guests felt celebrated too like you're saying and it it was a party for everyone not just for me and Chad
0: yeah absolutely well it went for the beautiful three days that allowed you guys to actually really embrace that celebration with everybody um so I need to also, there were so many elements about your wedding that I was like, I could focus on and we could probably spend the whole episode talking about it. Plates were one thing. Your dress selection, your wedding dress that you got married in was absolutely beyond. Tell us how you got to, uh, obviously you worked with um, Danielle Frankel. How did you get to that stage? Was this a custom dress? Was it a mismatch of multiple dresses? How how did it all come about? Because it was um, beautiful. Thank you. I
1: adore it. Um,
0: so I started looking at dresses
1: really early because I have a specific aesthetic, but I didn't know what I wanted. I wanted something different though. I was like, I cannot choose a dress that I've seen another bride wearing. Um, mm. I'm a little bit neurotic like that. And so... <laughs> I went, I did a lot of shopping with my mom and then about seven months or so before the wedding, I went shopping with my mom and Carrie, my stylist and her assistant staff. And that was my first time going to Danielle Frankel. We went back to places like Oscar de la Renta, Vera Wang, Monique Lullier, places that I had tried before, but we tried their newer items and nothing was really resonating with me. And I hadn't tried on any of Danielle's dresses before. And I got there and I tried on some from prior collections that I really liked. Like it was definitely my most positive experience. Mm -hmm. And then um, this is where I really think it was helpful that I was with Carrie because she knows Danielle. And Danielle saw the dresses that I was gravitating towards and was like, hold on, like I have something. And she brings out this prototype that hasn't been released, hasn't been finished. It was just like this sample And they were still figuring it out and I put it on and I didn't have like that aha moment, but I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, like we're getting really close. Like,
0: yeah. and it it was the
1: dress that I ended up choosing. And so it ended up being released in her, I think like February collection, but because I ordered it in December, I was able to be the first bride to wear it. And so it wasn't custom, but we did do customizations to the dress that are different than if you were to just purchase it from her now. So all of the pickups like in the front were custom and we had a pickup in the back. And I just thought it was so special because I kind of wanted to show some leg, but I didn't want a full high low. And so this sheer skirt with the pickup really allowed me to Mm -hmm. find a happy medium there. And then, um, Danielle is just so talented. I was like, okay, I want to show a little bit more leg. And then she just like does something and she pins and she's like, Mm -hmm. is this what you want? And I'm like, yeah, yes. you did that in three seconds. And <laughs> like it's just unbelievable. And the belt. So we did a grain ribbon with this pearl detail, and yeah, I actually like, switching amazing. my. And so that was the we. She had a pearl belt in her, the release of that collection, but we ended up tweaking it a little bit to make it work with the ribbon for the ceremony. And then for the reception, we switched it out to a patent leather belt, but kept the pearl detail. So we had all these little elements that made the dress different than so Mm. that, you know, someone else who might choose that dress that was released as part of a collection, you know, it would still make mine a little bit unique down the line. And so as far as the veil goes though like that was a custom design I needed a giant veil I was like I get to wear a veil one time like it needs to to be crazy (laughs) yeah and the dress had all these like pleating details and geometric lines even though it was very organic moving and so the veil was pleated and had kind of like the same lines following it and then we added Mm -hmm. these lace motifs throughout it and it was gigantic like it was so long and wide um that it couldn't really
0: it took a very wide
1: angle for it all to be captured <laughs> by my it. it was heavy. Yeah.
0: But you know what? When yeah, it was worth it. And I think when you're in the setting that you were in, it's really important to run with that and do all those one time in your life only things that, you know, you're not gonna do every weekend. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
1: And I wanted my dress to feel so different, but I still like I was in such a traditional, beautiful, elegant place. So I really wanted to tie that in and not be so out of the box. And so I think Mm -hmm. that this dress really married different with traditional in a unique way.
0: It's really elegant still. Like there are the features in it, all the tucks and the way that the skirt has been tucked and pulled and designed and you know open at just the right height on your leg that's a a really modern take on a super super elegant style you get the best both thirds I'm thrilled with it I love it I wish I could wear it again (laughs) (laughs) just swan around your apartment in it yeah and then you had a second dress that was a halter neck dress yes that was really sexy. And that was like a party dress as well. It looked like it had, was it like beaded, diamond-ish, silver? Yeah. Explain it to us.
1: Yeah. So I really wanted something that was a juxtaposition to my wedding dress. And like, I kept trying things on and like nothing felt quite right. And here again, Carrie, my stylist coming in with just like adding so much value. There's this up and coming designer in New York. His name is Paul Burgo, And he, um, he designed Ivy, what Ivy Getty's like rehearsal dress um, that she wore. I think she got married last fall. He works with like Anya Taylor, Joy and Julia mm-hmm. Fox. And she was like, we've worked with him on custom dresses before. And I knew I kind of wanted like, I was inspired by like the naked dresses, but I didn't want it to be a naked dress necessarily. And so um, I wanted cutouts. I wanted sheer. And so he designed three different styles and I ended up picking the one that I did with the crisscross high neck. It had a full open back and I picked out the crystals that it was lined with. So it had crystal piping throughout and then a sheer Georgette skirt and it was like a bodysuit underneath. And I just really wanted something... um, a little bit risque, honestly, and because I had this full dress. And so I really wanted that juxtaposition and it, it was such a fun dress to wear. Um, and I think it was really surprising and I love, you know, being unexpected in what I choose. And it, it was just such a fun dress. It moved so easily. I could dance the night away in it and it was just absolutely gorgeous.
0: Your yeah, so your juxtaposition in terms of what you wore versus where you got married and how you designed your marquee. I'd love for you to just run us through your wedding day, how how it started, um, how it ended, what what was it like?
1: So the night before, Chad and I decided to spend the night apart, um, and you know, we were both like leaned into those sort of traditions. We also didn't do a first look. So we wanted it to really wait for wedding ceremony to see each other. And so I spent the night before with one of my best friends and then early morning, the next day, my sisters and, um, Two of my best friends and I got to the villa early. We jumped into the lake. We swam around and hung out. And then a couple hours later, the rest of my bridesmaids came, which are friends of mine from, you know, growing up and in college. And we just had fun. We drank champagne. We had lunch. We danced around and got hair and makeup done at about, um, I want to say three, we had a 5 p.m. ceremony. And at about three o'clock, I got into my dress. and. Carrie was there for the weekend with stuff. And so she helped me in the dress and it was really nice having a professional do it. Cause I'm sure if it were like my mom and my sisters and me, we would have been scrambling <laughs> to figure out how to get into the dresses. But, um, I got into the dress and, and took some portraits with my photographer, just me and got. A few like bridesmaids shots out of the way since we weren't doing that first look, but it was just a really fun, relaxing day. Not we didn't take anything too seriously. And um, I really loved my hair and makeup team. They did such an amazing job. I wanted like a less messy low bun and like very natural, glowy makeup, and they both just did such an amazing job. And it was just such a fun environment. Um, my mom came later in the day with my mother-in-law and we all just had such a fun time and it was really easy going and I tend to get really stressed out about <laughs> you know big things. and so they kept me um sane I'll say during the day. I definitely my my nerves hit as soon after I took my bridal pictures when I was waiting to go down the aisle. Aww. And then I did a first look with my dad. um he hadn't seen any dresses that I had tried on and so that was really sweet. And then um, when it came to walking down the aisle I love to surprise people and so Chad loves Whitney Houston which is like such a fun (laughs) thing about him and so I lied to him about what my um processional song would be and we had a string quartet but then when my it opened the, the doors opened for my dad and I to walk down the aisle um a vocalist came out and started singing I will always love you by Whitney Houston oh, and, no way and Aww. so that was um what I walked down the aisle to and that was like it was just so fun to see the surprise of you know Chad's face at the end of the aisle because he had no idea what to expect from uh the song my dress just the whole thing like he kind of let me do my thing with planning and so yeah. all of it was kind of it was almost like he was a guest too mm-hmm. which I think was really fun
0: for him that would have been super um, fun
1: our ceremony was short and sweet um we had one of our great family friends marry us, and as soon as we kissed, we surprised guests with these daytime fireworks that almost look like pastel clouds in the sky. I wanted, um, a firework element, but I didn't want to do nighttime fireworks. I wanted like some wow moment, but, um, our planner actually suggested these and it was so fun. And our guests loved it. I had never seen daytime fireworks. Like I didn't even know what to expect. And it was just such a fun show. And then after the ceremony, we did pictures for about an hour while our guests enjoyed cocktail hour. Um, I really liked that we didn't do a first look. I wish we could have enjoyed some of cocktail hour, but I would do it the same way again. I think that I missed out on some of the great little operativo snacks, but (laughs) I I don't regret it. (laughs) I feel like every bride does. (laughs) Yes. And then... um, we did our grand entrance, and something that I was adamant about is I wanted it to be a huge party. I didn't want the energy to dip at all during the reception, and so Chad and I did our grand wow. entrance at the end of like a dance set that is, that had wow. already started. The guests, the guests were already all on the dance floor. So we entered and we did like a sixty-second dance, and then everyone else joined in, and then we proceeded before dinner to have a fifteen-minute dance set, which. I would recommend if you have, like, if you want to keep the energy high, it was such a fun thing. Like everyone was just so hyped up and excited for the night after doing that. Like no one even wanted to sit down, which is, you know, how I wanted the energy to feel. And I, um, I, our, um, entertainment director, he was like, Oh, well, we might like start with this moody song. And I was like, I love that idea. But as soon as we do our first dance, like it needs to be like high energy. And I would do that over and over again.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is that if you change the vibe of the day, whether or not that's putting in an acoustic set versus a speech versus a formality, if you're bringing guests up and then calming them down and bringing them up and calming them down, you're not going to get the same party vibe later in the night because they've ridden this roller coaster of formality, sitting there, listening, having to, you know, do speeches and watch, watch first dance. And if you kind of group all those things together, you've got that time with your guests that can go for hours where you don't need to worry about changing the mood of the song.
1: Yes, absolutely. And so then, um, once we sat down, there was like the surprise opera performance by these three insane tenors that was so fun. Just like another surprise. I just wanted all of these elements of surprise that you didn't see at most weddings throughout the night. And so I think that that was also something that we really wanted to maximize when we were planning. We wanted to maximize guest experience and the unexpected over things like tons of flowers everywhere. And so, you know, we really chose elements that were super important to us to, you know, invest
0: in. Um, so Hannah, you have, you know, you've had this incredible celebration with lots of lots of personalized details. Um, a million miles away from where you live, you've invested in, you know, really incredible moments what would you do the same? And what would you do differently if you had your time again, if anything? So I think that as far as
1: things I would do differently, I actually, I mean, I really loved every aspect of our wedding, even things that, you know, for example, like I had mentioned earlier, I wish I could have gotten to enjoy more of cocktail hour. I think I still would have omitted the first look and done our pictures after the ceremony. I think that it's all about picking and choosing what's important to you. I um I'm a huge planner and I get stressed out very easily. So, I had a lot of anxiety and stress the couple of months before the wedding. Um for example, that is so you know, normal the seating though. Chart, It
0: the doesn't seating matter. chart me
1: for weeks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did it. Oh my god, mm-hmm. it does everybody. You are not alone. And I feel like, you know, people who Honestly, people who come to me as a wedding planner and say I'm just really chilled are my red flags because (laughs) that is not the case for anyone. Everyone gets that hyped anxiety. It's a huge moment. It's a huge deal. So it's just about how far each person goes. But you're not alone in feeling that and you're certainly not alone in hating on that seating chart. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. That was the bane of my existence. Um luckily
1: my mom and now husband helped me with it a bit, but that was tough. But I think that, you know, it's natural to be stressed out. It's one of the biggest days of your life. Yeah. But I think that um in high, like everything went quite smoothly despite, you know, weather hiccups on the weekend and small things here and there. And so I think that looking back, I wish I had chilled out a bit more, but as far as the day went, everything went so incredibly that I don't think that I would change anything from that aspect. I think of things that I would do again is um, hire a stylist. I think that it's if it's something that you're interested in or you know, if there is one that is near you that you can work with, it, it was a really great investment for me. Um, I am very true to my fashion sense, but I didn't really know where to start with picking out items for the okay.
0: weekend because um, it was so important I? to me. Can I ask, because hiring a fashion stylist for your wedding is not a common occurrence in Australia, definitely hiring a stylist for your creative aesthetic. So Mm -hmm. somebody to bring together floristry and table settings and the whole vibe and the mood of the day is really common, but a fashion stylist itself is not look, it might be an 0.1% thing of what yeah. people would actually invest in. No, by no means do we need to know a cost like an itemized figure, but in terms of your overall budget, was this a big investment that you made with um, a fashion stylist or was it, you know, on the smaller side, which, you know, gave you the luxury to have it?
1: It was definitely um, something that was an investment and I had to make the decision of choosing that over, you know, maybe more flowers or something like that and, or other elements that maybe I was thinking I wanted. Um, I think that it was really important to me though, because fashion and style are things that I'm so passionate about and it definitely is not the norm in the States either, but there is a business for it. And, our planner, I had told her, you know, I've tried on a bunch of dresses, but nothing's really resonating with me. And she had worked with Carrie a bunch and was like, just have a call with her, see if you like her. And I do think that the investment can range because, you know, it could be something as small as, you know, you go shopping, they help you with tailoring and items like that, or they, or you do, you know, everything they do your entire bridal party. You know, I think that it can really vary in the, um, amount of investment that it is. Okay. But for me, it was really important and it ended up being, you know, she was, she added so much value. So I do not regret doing it whatsoever. I I think that's something that I, because of what's important to me, I would do it again and again, but that doesn't mean that it's important for every bride.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the key point that you've just made there. It's like investing what's important to you as a person and what you want to get out of the experience for your wedding day. And that could be significantly different to somebody else. Mm. Um, But it's about making sure that what you're investing in is in the right areas for you. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. And I think another thing that I would do the same is I really, I didn't want a traditional wedding aesthetic with what I was planning. And, you know, I think that some people would be like, oh, are you going to regret this later on doing this like moody marquee? But I think that staying true to my style um, just throughout the entire weekend was really important. And I'm so happy with how it turned out.
0: Well, we are blown away over here. And I know that when we release your episode and put all your images up, everybody is going to be too, but... And I thank you so much for joining us. We could talk for hours about Italy and Lake Como and everything that you did because there were actually so many amazing little elements in there, but, mm. you know, maybe around two. Now but that things have so kind much. of
1: opened up and everyone's in Europe, it'll be interesting to see how many weddings we've oh. to see. That's it. It's opening. Oh, it's amazing. It's good. Absolutely. I know. Thank God we're able to travel again, but it was really <laughs> such a pleasure. Thank you both so much for having me. This was such a fun time.
0: Oh, it was Thank amazing. You. And Thank thanks you. for staying up late. <laughs> oh, any time yeah. for this. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> thanks,
1: Thank you. Hannah.